A good decision is where you look in hindsight and say, was it a good decision or a bad decision based on what we now know that we didn't know at the time? And then we refine our future decision-making ability based on that information. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? I'm great, Ezra. It's so good to be back. And by back, I mean in a double sense of the word. One, back on our podcast recording episodes, just like normal me in Sydney, you in New York. And two, back as in back home after a little trip away, sliding into my routine, which I try and get into as quickly as possible after I come back from traveling somewhere. You know, I I didn't even think about it being good to be back on the show. It is very good to be back on the show. I'm happy about that. But I I immediately went to how good it feels to be home from travel. And travel is what we're talking about today on this podcast. You know, it's something that you're going to be confronted by. You spend a lot of your life traveling from one place to another. You've got long-form travel, like multi-day trips. You've got short-form travel, like to and from work if you're, if you're doing that thing or to and from uh, experiences. And it can be optimized to better suit your goals. So travel, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. What a great topic and so relevant to both of us. And uh, I think it will become increasingly relevant for any of our community, the people who are in the internet business online space. They're going to discover that travel is one of the key secrets to unlocking the next stage of relationship, uh, knowledge, and authority. I think that it's actually a requirement to get away from your desk, even if you're uh, in one of the the behind-the-computer-style jobs. It's such a requirement. I mean, it, it, things change. Like, it, it's such a game changer getting out there, meeting people. It's the whole when in Rome thing, right? Like, when you're traveling, one of the things that you want to do is be willing to stretch your mind because travel is an opportunity to have a new look at the world. Like, for me, uh, on a recent travel trip, my life changed. I began eating eggs and be, began eating fish. This was like something that happened for me on travel. And it gives you a chance to try things on that you might not otherwise try while, when you're traveling, when you're out of your comfort zone, when you're out of your normal routine. And some of that stuff you'll only want to do in that place. And some of it you'll want to keep and bring into your life. But it's the value of being exposed to a new culture, seeing that your way is not the only way and that people are doing things and succeeding in a whole bunch of other ways. So basically, there's like lots of ways to win this game of life. And you get to see more of that when you're traveling because you're exposed to people who are not part of your bubble. Yeah. Well, you know, someone might be listening thinking, well, I've got an office job. How does this apply? And I can tell you uh, when I was driving a desk as a senior manager in Mercedes-Benz, the relationships I formed going on award trips like for the sales achievers, like in Tahiti and New Zealand, I actually jumped out of an airplane, a perfectly good airplane with the uh, which you should just never do. If the no, thing you should definitely flies, do it at least if once. If the thing flies, don't don't jump out. I of it. did it I will twice do just to make sure that I wasn't just uh, lucky the first time. Terrible actually, idea. I jumped out of the plane <laughs> with the CEO of the whole of Australasia. You know, just him and I. Who's this German guy called Roman? 
and he had a little leather skull cap. I, was, I swear I was looking at the Red Baron. <laughs> we jumped out. But imagine the rapport you build with senior people when you go through an experience together in much the same way that when we were in Hawaii on our retreat last year, you and I went out surfing. And that is a, it's an addiction that started then. I can trace it back to then, but it's changed my life now. Like I, I've, I've lost weight. I'm fit. I'm happy, healthy, uh, you know, and having a lot of enjoyment. And I, bu- I actually build my daily routine around surfing and then the business can fall into place. Now, while we're on this topic of traveling, I've, I've got a, a bone to pick with most travelers. Uh, I see a common mistake unfolding and that is people try to take too much stuff with them when they travel. And it's like they're not willing to in, immerse themselves in in the new place because they got all the same comforts of home sitting in this bag the size of a refrigerator and I don't get it. Well, you just want to make sure that you're prepared, you know, you've got the shoes that you need, you got the the sweater that you need. I mean, the truth of the matter is I never use half the stuff I bring, but I still bring it. That's that's really the acid test when you get home and you unpack, you know, Assuming that you haven't pulled out your bag halfway through the trip going, oh, I haven't worn this yet. I have to wear it to justify packing it, right? You know, we we were just at an event. Uh, We were at a traffic and conversion event, a great event that Ryan Dice and Perry Belcher put on. Now, that had a gift shop in the foyer, right? And I saw in there they had shirts, T-shirts, shoes, belts. Uh, I'm sure they probably sell toothpaste, mouthwash, razor blades, you can get these things in most modern societies and you don't have to look too far for it. Well, you had like a backpack. So I think you're just like, you're on the extreme side of this experience. It was like 20, 20 liter backpack. It's like a carry on to the level where now customs say, sir, have you collected your bags? <laughs> like, yes. I, I think that, okay. So like I'm with you on the whole traveling light thing. I think you're maybe a little bit on the crazy side of that. Like uh, you travel a little too light because you're like, you know, I think you just want to prove a point. Um, I would like maybe maybe travel, like I'm working on traveling about half as, maybe double or triple the capacity that you travel with. Well, there's two two factors there. One is I've had my bags lost many times, especially through LAX. I've lost them on the way to Canada. I've lost them on the way to San Diego and I lost them on the way to San Francisco. So that's like three strikes and you're out LAX. So I don't like to put my bag in a separate place to me. I want to be with my bag when I travel because it's very inconvenient when you've got nothing. I mean, not even a change of underpants. Uh, so that that's one factor. And the other factor is it's just so damn easy. It's so easy uh, walking down to the ferry, uh, walking around the airport, walking, you know, catching a taxi and walking around the hotel. I I actually walked around on the last day of our event. I checked out uh, in the morning, like 10 or 11, and I was able to walk around till I caught my plane at seven with my backpack. And it was, it was simple. And I got to tell you, I didn't miss anything. I had Enough changes of shirts and underpants. This guy is and traveling socks. from Australia to the states for like four days with just a backpack. It's madness. Um, it's doable. I know. I'm not- I, I'm, and you're right. There's a little bit of art in there. And I have a friend who's a minimalist called Michael, and he's kind of my my coach on this. And uh, and the first few times I attempted this, he, he would come around to my house, and I'd say, "Okay, Michael, let's do a review." And I'd hold it up, and he'd shake his head, he'd like, "No." Nah. And what about this? No. Nah. And then this, and he'd, he'd kind of go through like a, like I do with people's businesses, saying, questioning them, why do you need that? Why do you do that? 
you don't need that. Stop doing that. So travel with less, I think, is the point here that, that you know, less stuff is actually going to make your experience of traveling more pleasurable. Well, it amplifies. And you don't actually need you're not without anything that, that you, you absolutely have to have that you feel discomfort. Uh, the, the fact is you wake up in the morning, have a shower, you, get, you put your clothes on. And you're you're out. There's no dicking around. The same when it goes to checkout. Imagine just grabbing like three or four things, putting them into the backpack, zipping it up, and you're out. And for a lot of people, that'd be a fantasy. For me, that's a reality. You know, one of the things that's going to happen to you when you travel is that you're going to run into these things that we call people. <laughs> and we t- we talked in the pleasure episode about how we live in a pain-oriented society, meaning that we value pain in our society more than we value pe- pleasure, that people think it builds character, like you got no pain, no gain. And the commonly held viewpoint is that if you suffer for your family or your country, that that's righteous. So in this society of pain and victims, it's easy to create affinity with people over bad stuff happening, right? You can walk up to someone and be like, did you hear what's happening in the Middle East? And people build immediate connections with each other over bad stuff. So it's the, the point of all this is that it's good to understand this phenomenon of communication and either use it or know how to respond to it when people approach you with it, because those will be the types of communications you're getting from people on your travels. Oh, and I had some fantastic communications with people. I had uh, uh, some cool people that I've sat next to in the business class where I almost always get an upgrade on points. Just to be clear, I paid for an economy seat and I put in an upgrade. And now that I've just reached gold status with Qantas, I'm more likely to get an upgrade than someone who's got silver or bronze. Now, I got to sit next to a famous photographer on my last trip and he was flying to Tasmania and then uh, then the mainland Australia. <laughs> I almost said Australia. Tasmania is this little island off the south of Australia. Uh, it is actually part of Australia. Hello, all you Tasmanians. And he was flying down to Do we film, have Tasmanians? We, we have any Tasmanian devils on this? I'm sure we do. I know, I know for a fact we do. And uh, Okay. Is that a bad – is that like – are you not supposed to say Tasmanian devil? Is that like considered no, a no, derogatory? It's, uh, it's an animal actually, the Tasmanian devil, and it's quite famous. Okay, cool. It's been cartoonized by uh, – Yeah, that's – I mean I know about it. I just didn't know if like in Tasmania, if you called someone a Tasmanian devil, if you would get in no, trouble for that. I think they'd that. probably even call their sports team the Tassie Devils. Tassie for short, oh, right? Funny. But – um, more rare is actually the Tasmanian tiger, which became extinct in the 1900s, but people still say they sight them. It's kind of like a, this alluring, um, it's like a sort of a dingoey doggy sort of a thing that um, some people still think is around, but they, they haven't actually, the last one died in captivity in the mid-1900s sometime. I, I'm not sure exact date. But anyway, <laughs> back to topic. He's gone there to film landscape pictures and uh, he... Uh, he, you know, he was talking about the equipment he uses and his passion for it and the artwork that he's got and how he displays. It was really quite interesting having a chat. And, um, and then, of course, the service staff are very interesting to, to meet. The guy that uh, serves me, his name's Greg. He actually deals with um, like Princess Anne on the airplane and up in first class, and he had some stories to tell about famous guests and you're going to meet cool people. And that's one of the things about traveling. That's why we think it's so that you should jump at every opportunity to do it. And even if like you feel like you can't afford to take a few days off or like it, it, it will be worth it in the long run. This experience that you'll have, the people that you'll meet, the things you'll learn, the stretching that you'll do in your mind and in your life will be um, worth worth having taken the trip. And I know a lot of our listeners are in this community, so they travel a lot as it is. And one of the things I think we should talk about, which I have like, I've come, fail, I am failing at this, which is how to travel 
and not have your business fall into a tailspin. Like I come back from these 10-day trips. I did Amazing Selling Machine. I spoke at that and then I did Traffic and Conversion. That was a 10-day trip. And I came back and it took me a full two days of like hardcore catch up to be cool again and have things be easy and not have to be, you know, crazy about business. And so, um, I wonder if, if you've got, cause I don't have tips on this. Like I, I don't have for anyway, it's not working out so well. I end up falling behind and that's because like, you know, things take longer than you thought or you don't have internet in some places. And so I haven't really figured out this. How do you not have business, um, fall behind on business while you're gone. A lot of it's going to come down to how much of the business is dependent on you. That's like the you factor. If it's all, if you actually have a more job-like business, then it's not going to work without you. If you have some leverage in place, then it it might. And certainly uh, you can have um, stop points. So for, for me, for example, I'm doing Silver Circle calls most Tuesdays, pretty much every Tuesday. So I actually plan my flights around those call dates. I left. You know, that's a really good point that the only businesses that are, uh, that are building up while I'm gone are my, my coaching business, like my mastermind essentially is what I have work to do in because I'm not Plus, doing calls I'm sure if, you're, if you're the chief sales and business development officer, that, that uh, takes a spike up at the event, uh, but it also gets hammered when you're not available, like you know, when you're recovering or flying or whatever. So it's identifying every activity that you do and working out which ones only you can do. And if you're, if, you're, um, if you're doing those, you'll have to put a plan in place. So I leave the day after my masterminds, and I like to try and get back the day before so that I'm here for the main thing. But if I'm away, I just basically I just uh, duck out for an hour and do my calls and then go back. I've done that many times. So it's building your routine around what has to happen. We did. We did a call from like at like three a.m. in the Dominican Republic, uh, standing on a on a fridge trying to get internet access. We did. We did that, and that's what we do when we with your room flooding. When I commit to thirty five business owners, then it's a two way street. They're committing to take action on what I let you know explain that they should do, and I'm committing to turn up. And I've turned up to every single call that I can, except for the most crazy lack of internet, which happened to me in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I'm sitting there at three in the morning thinking, what a great business I've managed to build for myself here. Uh, you know, it highlights the, that um, there are sacrifices for the, the highest level of achievement. But for the most part, on a normal Tuesday in Sydney, it's really not a big deal. So really only happens four or five times a year where I have some crazy hour call. But the thing is, let's um with uh, oh, no, with, with the team. Uh, firstly, signal that you're traveling. So I usually let them know from the airport, from the business lounge. I will just log on and say, "Hey team, I'm about to hop on a plane. You're probably not going to get much from me in the next week. I will check in, uh, you know, when I land and and each night. But if you can just hold off till our next managers meeting, that would be great. Just make a list and we'll go through it together. So a notify the people around you that you're going to be off, off the air um, and because you really want to lock in and focus on whatever it is you're traveling to. There's no point traveling from Australia to San Diego and then having to be on your computer the whole time. So signal it around. Uh, get get uh, your whiteboard cooking before you go away and, and work out all your deadlines. It's amazing how much you get done the night before you go away. Amazing. Uh, but I've actually got I've gotten that deadline routine down for myself in a normal environment and you know the simple technique that I've used to do that? This will blow you away. I'm, I'm ready. I basically have every Sunday off and most Saturdays. So I really try and clear up my outstanding work. 
on Friday, just like an old school worker, because uh, the weekends for surfing and kids and movies and um, and reading and stuff. So by having that weekly day off, when I didn't really do that for the last five years, uh, where I was sort of pottering a, a couple of hours a day every single day at the minimum, and uh, sometimes a lot more, just having that that um, weekly buffer gives me a weekly deadline. So that's how you get stuff done while you're away. Automate, delegate, systemize, eliminate, notify, specify. And I think key, it's one good. of the key things I'm, I'm learning from you right now is you're actually doing some work while you're gone. I am like not, and I think oh, that man, could be my man, problem. I interviewed Clay Collins <laughs> while I was at the event because he was right there. I had a quiet hotel room. I had my love mic. And I recorded an episode. By the next day, it had gotten six or 700 downloads. It's uh, making daily sales of lead pages right now. And I did it while I was there. So that's the other thing. First level of travel is uh, energy management. For most people, they're going to be wiped out. And here's why. You have to be alert. You've got to figure out currencies, times, uh, travel arrangements, logistics, what room, where, when, all these conversations, different food, different air, different water, these things will throw most people out. That's why a lot of people get sick when they're away, uh, why they'll have headaches, why they will be jet lagged, uh, why they just run out of energy and willpower. I've actually built up to that because I've done so many trips now that I'm just, I, I know the basics, drink, drink bottled water the whole way through at the airport, on the airplane, when you get there, just keep chugging bottled water. I have uh, a shot of coffee every three or four hours, just just one, and that will keep uh, my body awake when I'm awake. And Drug yourself. It's just the only drug that I take. And maybe one glass of alcohol at dinner, and I might get so sleepy. And uh, sleep as, as much as you want when you possibly can. And um, that's the main thing. Get your baseline up, and then you can start leveraging on top. So, yes, I can do work while I'm away. But it has, you know, it has to be said that I've reduced my daily routine down to the minimum possible work anyway, which is create a piece of content. That's my main job and answer a few emails. And, and I run my entire team via email. And, and uh, Let's tell a little story um, sure. uh, from Traffic and Conversion. Let's tell the story of our presentation. <laughs> is it a tragedy or is it a comedy? <laughs> well, it's a comedy. We kind of got laughed off the stage. It was, it was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we had um, we had a we had a dog in the room. We had a lost child, literally well, a lost child. Allegedly a dog in the room. No, no, there was a, definitely a dog in the room. Let's face it, you didn't see it, but there I was. did not see and, it. All I remember <laughs> is you uh, were talking to this little girl who looked lost, saying, "Oh, it looks like we have a little doggy in the room, a little runaway <laughs> dog." So, so and I'm like, I can't believe I'm hearing these words come out of your <laughs> Mr. Sensitive <laughs> Mouth. That is not what happened. But we did actually end up having a lost – we had a lost child. Like it was the saddest thing you've ever seen. This girl was walking around the room with her hand raised looking for her mommy, like raising her hand like, does anyone see me? And uh, um, this – I don't know why. This was not the funny part of, of the – Yeah, what, this, this was funny about this, man. I'm <laughs> nothing funny about that at all. Thank you very much. Um, but anyway, she ended up finding her mom. It was great. We had our friend Brett, uh, Brett Curry from Llama Commerce, runs a good e-commerce podcast, um, helped her find and her mom. you said something like he's already got 
five kids. He had six. He has six, six kids. kids. He's got, he's got a baseball got team. Seven, and then we started an auction. Do we hear eight? <laughs> we got nine in the corner. Do I have ten? Ba- basically, seven. it was a very silly uh, uh, performance. Um, it was or, like or, immediately when we got in there, you stole some lady's chair. I did, I had to. I didn't. When, first of all, I did not steal her chair. I borrowed it. Um, and she had another one right next to her, anyways. Okay. It's like, yeah, do you need that chair here? Bring it up here. <laughs> like what? And then I, it was it was funny. And you had a confession. You'd broken some magical enchanted oh, man, unicorn I broke ring. Clay that, Collins that, ring that fixes well, fairy dust or something. And well, one of the things I the reason I, I point this out is because a lot of our, our um, a lot of our listeners um, are uh, folks who end up uh, who also present content and share and and uh, relate with communities of people about products and ideas and topics and things like that. And one of the things that I'm uh, have learned over the course of 2013, which has really been my breakout year for this kind of work, is entertainment is key. Like you have to entertain people, otherwise you lose them. And it doesn't matter how good your content is. Well, we spoke about it beforehand. The main goal was to entertain people. Uh, give them content that they would take notes on, like educational material, and uh, to expose our true emotions. I think this show is a more emotional piece of work than anything else that I do. It's uh, it's like it's a heart-to-heart. That's why I said in the beginning of this show, I really love it when we catch up because I like my chats with Ezra. We, we get to talk about issues that aren't common business discussion points uh, for, for a lot we've of people. got we've got some we've got some uh, many layers of the onion to peel back next month dude don't worry we're gonna get deep it's gonna be great we'll do some now, meditation it's gonna be awesome we man. also uh, <laughs> promised that uh, our listeners would be able to get a copy of our slides because there was some really good information there so what we're going to do yeah by the way I just behind the scenes James was not particularly happy with me for promising that by the way um, not that he doesn't want to give the slides away to to you but that it creates a, a tail, right? Well, I think as soon as you, as soon as people ask for it, uh, I think they're half being lazy. It's like permission not to take any more notes, and then they'll wait for it to come, and then they won't ever look at it. So I don't think they get the most value from it. That's my main reason for it. Uh, secondly, and and uh, do we have any behind the scenes? I'm just interrupting you. Do we have any behind the scenes gossip from this event that we can share? Because gossiping about like industry events is a very um, will be a very cool thing to do. People will enjoy you mean hearing from about us that. Or other so, yeah, for, from us, gossip about anything that happened. Like, for example, I broke Clay Collins' ring, which that's, is really sad. It's hardly <laughs> headline news, though, is it? No, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not, but it's 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 still something. <laughs> it's some, something we're stretching here. I think we should have listener style. And we did have some feedback about uh, our presentation from someone on Speakpipe, um, but. Oh, I was just going to say, the, the other thing that happened to me once, I actually uh, spoke in London at an event, and I uh, sold really well. It was one of my, my – it was probably the most sales I've ever made in one hit. Like nearly uh, – I think it was 99 people purchased a product for 1,000 pounds out of 380 people. I was, I was really excited about that. But then when I turned up to Dubai for my next presentation – Lo and behold, one of the other speakers actually uh, presented a version of my slides on the day before me, and I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God, these are my slides. Wait a minute. He, he, like, he stole your slides because yeah. you'd given them out? He basically copied my slide deck, the whole thing, font, bullets, story, content, 
everything. Story? How could he tell your story? This guy's got no, no low, no, no low bar, compass. man. He just, uh, ins- you know, well, like if you think about it, Ezra, he did you with a dirty diaper, he did man. A dirty diaper on me, and there's there's not that many stories anyway. You could go to any speaking event anywhere in the world, any motivational speaker, and you're going to hear that they were down and broke, and then they found some. Um, way forward, and now you can too. And as long as you pay them X money, that, or you're going to hear crazy that stories. That was my story, us, by the way. Like, but I was very disappointed with that, and I think uh, that's one of the reasons why you will never see me present the same presentation twice in a row. I always innovate. And there you have it, folks. James had a really heartbreaking experience, and it has changed him for the better. <laughs> well, no, no, really. The main thing that the main thing is. No, I I'm, think just when, I'm just kidding. I'm just giving you a hard yeah, time. Yeah. What I what I will do is I'll turn this lemon into a lemonade. We're going to record some notes about this presentation with the actual slide deck, and we'll put that out to the to the community somewhere, and we'll certainly email out our list about it. Now, in a year from now, someone's going to be saying, where do I get those slides? So we'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode as well. Awesome. So let's move into our weekly willpower wager. We're going to roll Carol. Weekly willpower wager. God, I just love Carol. I just just think that we should just play that at the beginning and end of every episode. (laughs) So here's what we want you to do this week. We'd like you to plan a trip. Go somewhere. Plan a travel experience. It doesn't have to be um, – uh, you don't have to fly somewhere. You can drive somewhere, uh, You know, do a day trip on the weekend. But like plan yourself an experience and go and have that experience. It doesn't have to be work-related, but go have some kind of a travel experience. Go to some other county. To go to some place, uh, some sort of tourist destination near where you live. Like Go and, 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 and experience a bit of travel if you haven't done that in a while. There you go. And see if you can take a little less than normal. Or if you take what you normally take, just use what you would use. And then when you get back, see what you didn't use and make a note of that for next time. Yeah, and definitely on the next trip you take. Like, for example, I'll be traveling to Australia and Aruba and Hawaii uh, in a few weeks here for your event and for the amazing selling machine mastermind thingy and all this other stuff. And I'm going to experiment by taking half of what I normally take, and we'll see what happens. It's not like you can't buy something if you. Well, find I might be more. knocking on your door to borrow. Actually, a... you know what? Funnily enough, most people buy stuff when they go somewhere and they have trouble packing on the way home, right? Yeah, that happens. Extra a lot. bags, jumping on the top of the bag, all that stuff. I actually take a picture of what I've packed so that I can check it when I'm when I'm um, going away next time. I go, okay, yep, just a few essential things, you know, like your passport. You got to take that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about. News and updates. Well, we've got Super Fast Business live March 20th and 21st. And notice I said Super Fast Business. What's that about? Yeah, so uh, we've had a name change. The uh, The old brand, Fast Web Formula, is no longer. And that is because it doesn't offer any extra value over the name Super Fast Business for new people coming into the community. So I'm in the process. I'm basically, Own the Race Course has been so powerful for Super Fast Business that I've been able to bring across my sub-brands underneath the master brand. So I'm using a master brand strategy. And our listener, Kate, has also been helpful um, giving me some guidance on this. because So important, guys. Apple has Apple, and then they've got the iPad and the iPod and all this stuff, but it's all under one brand. I've got Smart Marketer, my services division, my blog, Everything I do, my events are all going to be under that brand. It's like a yeah, but you still have your own e-commerce stores and stuff. Yeah, but that's different because those are those are completely separate businesses. Exactly. So you got to work out which businesses are the same and which ones are different. 
And as I've and I'm basically clustering together the ones that are the same. I also brought across all my affiliate bonus stuff, my whole buy with bonus site, just picked up and moved across to Superfast Business. But if you're a member of Superfast Business community and you go and look at the screenshots I've posted, the change over the last 30 days, it is mind blowing. Like a 300 percent increase in um, in opt-ins. Like uh, the page views is just off the Richter scale. It's going to be a it's going to be the right move, and I'm very happy about that. So the live event is also on that page now. If you do go, uh, you can also see my face on a surfboard. It's uh, not your face. I asked the designer. Oh, no, that's me. Come on. It does look like you. I, I admit it, I'm, but he's I'm denying taking, it. I'm, uh, well, he's just, he just, 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 I don't know what he's doing, but it's me. So the, <laughs> the big question this week is Is the Fast Web Formula live event logo Ezra or not? The, the main is. giveaway, for the re- reason I don't think it's you is because the dude on the surfboard looks like he's really. Like standing that he's up, like actually surfing. He's like, he seems a little <laughs> hey. more surf competent than the time right. I saw you. Just, well, just putting out there. Uh, I mean, the other well, reason well, I don't think it's you. you. When we get to, all right, he told else? me that it was a stock image. So well, unless you've been out it. there I'm posing claiming, for the cameras, I'm I'm claiming it as me. Damn it! Um, but I think it does look like you. I, I can see so, where the so, resemblance well, comes. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> So, super fast business. Fast web formula has become super fast business. Another piece of news is that I am launching a product in about May-ish. You will see a whole new big hoopla in the same way that we had brown box formula. And the reason is things have changed in the e-commerce world. The, the dropship business model, while still alive and well, and that when I looked at all the numbers from my brown box formula students because I was able to see that because I sold a template and then big commerce is tracked. Everyone is using that template and I'm in with the guys at big commerce. So a couple million dollars worth of sales through that, which means that that model is going quite well. However, when I look five to 10 years down the road, I think it's gone. I think that the new model is having your own brand. It's uh, the kind of like the boom brand and these new skincare brands I've launched where you are in control of everything, including the product and the brand and uh, retailing through channels like Amazon. There's just a whole new model in e-commerce. And, I'm, and I've been at these events, Amazing Selling Machine and Traffic and Conversion Summit, and I'm having so much interest from my community of e-commerce business owners in this new model of selling and this new style of, of business. And it's the thing that the Amazon guys have been doing now for about a year, except for they're not bringing it over and creating their own assets. They're just selling through Amazon. Um, so anyways, I'm putting together a product on that, and that's going to be really fun. And uh, there'll be a lot of um, sort of madness uh, with that over the next course of the next couple months after I get back from this Australia trip. You just like drama, don't you? Have well, those... I mean, I, I'm the guy who wanted to talk about gossip. So I guess I like a little, I like to know, I like to have my ear to the ground, right? Like I want to know what's going on. I want to know how people feel. I want to know what's going on in the community. I got flamed in the Fast Web Formula Forum, which is now the Super Fast Business Forum for my product launch last time. So I'm a little nervous about that because anytime you do a big product launch and like everyone emails for you, like you, you know, some folks get a little annoyed by that. So I'll be in there and I, I was in there talking to Sean and all the guys in there and stuff. So I had a whole debate about whether or not it was a, a good thing or a bad thing but i just I, I know that like all of the you know lots of good things well it'd be interesting to follow that thread up now with success stories from the launch uh you know or lack thereof from the last time uh you could go and look at some hard metrics get some get some actual data and say in hindsight here's what the stats are you know a little bit of temporary email pain for everyone uh but these people got results they may not have heard about it mm, good idea good idea sort of sort of a uh, pre, you know, 
hop on that thread before it starts. Well, no, this is like a Peter Drucker technique. You know, a lot of people talk about decision-making. They're like, oh, a good decision's made quickly or a good decision's made slowly and all. That's not true. A good decision is where you look in hindsight and say, was it a good decision or a bad decision based on what we now know that we didn't know at the time? And then we refine our future decision-making ability based on that information. It's almost like you're looking at you're, you're you're sort of looking at the decisions you make like they're test data. They're just hypothesis almost, and then you retrospectively. Now, there's a lot of stuff you'll never know, but there is a lot of stuff you will know. Uh, like you know, in already in the first thirty days, I think moving my community was a good idea based on the data that I'm getting from the overall visits to my site, the engagement, and I'm actually tracking a percentage of. Uh, retention and it's spiraling up it's going up now and some people anecdotally have said to me well i didn't used to visit super fast business but i do now because it's on the same site where the community is so community people weren't necessarily visiting my blog and all my blog people weren't necessarily community members but when you splice them together it becomes a little bit easier for both of them brand growth management let's move <laughs> let's move into prompt uh, uh comments you know, if you'd like to leave us a comment on iTunes, we would really appreciate it and we'll read it out on the show. And, you know, the whole point of this show is to engage with you. We want to know what you're up to, what you're thinking, what you think of all this stuff that we're talking about. And please feel free to engage with us and leave us a comment on the blog or through iTunes. We've got a couple folks who called in through our SpeakPipe widget and uh, left a comment. So we're going to play the first one now, which is from Bren. Ezra and James. What's up, boys? I just saw you guys speak at Traffic and Conversion and just wanted to express my appreciation. It was awesome seeing you guys live in the flesh. I'm a massive Think, Act, Get fan, and I really appreciated all the stuff that you guys shared. Just wanted you to know that, especially this analogy of hunting versus farming. That that one really struck home for me. So, guys, thanks so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, times a million. I can't thank you enough and keep doing what you do. I'm Bren Davis, and I just wanted to say thanks. Have a good one, guys. Wow, Bren, that's a very favorable review of our presentation at Traffic and Conversions. Uh, I love that you like the hunting versus farming analogy. It's one that's dear to my heart because if you were to put most people in the internet business space into a category, it's going to be the hunter. That's why you're always hearing about it. I mean, you, most people in business in general, I think. Yeah, it's like earnings per click and conversions and traffic and new customers and customer acquisition and Facebook ads and all that. It's a lot of hunting going on, not a lot of farming. But as a community builder, farming is my specialty. I'm fine with the hunt, you know. And, Ex- explain and, the difference. You know, give, for the listener, just okay. do the, give the analogy really So quick. the hunter is out there... Um, catching the kill and then eating it. And then he has to go out tomorrow and catch the kill and, uh, and then eat it to provide for the family. The farmer is like planting orchards and uh, grape crops and uh, wheat crops and stuff and, and protecting the harvest. And then they get to, to um, get the, the fruits of that labor and then it gets to bear fruit again the next season and the next season and it goes on. So... It's, it can be a, a longer process, definitely. It could be a little more work in terms of uh, maintaining and protecting, keeping the, the animals away and, and making sure the fruit doesn't spoil and stuff. 
but it can bear fruit for year after year after year. So it's and that's what this podcast is. It's a it's a it's a we're farming with this podcast. It's not a hunter show. Yeah, we farm. We're we're not putting big calls to action and um, hypey banners and scarcity and all that stuff. Now, if you do a little bit of both, that's great. You're going to have a, a nice roast meal with some beautiful veggies, uh, and you can combine them. And part of what I do with my new podcasts and with my um, blog posts and videos, that's hunting, I guess, in some ways where I'm introducing new customers, but I'm also farming because I'm protecting and nurturing the customers who are already on board. Like two-thirds of the people to my site have already been there before, and that's a great ratio. I've got a third hunting and, and two-thirds farming. And I, I think that if you can skew the balance of your business into the farming side of it, you will have a long-term, sustainable, low-pressure, less compromised business than if you're a pure hunter. And, and I've been through the pure hunter phase where I was CPA marketing, drive traffic, squeeze them through an offer, get the cash, but I was not building an asset. There was no long-term residual income. It was risky, and thank goodness that that's not my business model anymore. Absolutely. Thank you, Bren. We appreciate how much you appreciate us. And uh, thank you so much for for being a part of our community. And it was also would have been next time you see us, come say hi, dude. I don't remember you. If you introduced yourself, then I'm just lame and I don't remember. But if you didn't introduce yourself, which I think is the case, then um, please come up and say hi next time. All right. Next we have Tony, and uh, Tony dropped us a speak pipe. Um, so let's listen to it. Hey, James, Ezra, listener. Tony Tors here, and I just want to comment on the speed episode and share a tip. So what I normally find at the end of each year is that I end up having had so many deadlines that I end up at a really fast pace and I need something to slow me down a little bit. So what I normally do is read a book called In Praise of Slow by Carl Honore, and that's spelled H-O-N-O-R-E. So this book is great. It helps me to slow down to a more reasonable pace, be more mindful, enjoy life more, be more focused. It's really great. I would highly recommend it. I'd also recommend you check out his TED Talk. So anyway, guys, I love your podcast. I'm looking forward to getting back into it and watching the Pleasure and the Goals uh, episodes. And, yeah, thanks again. Bye for now. Well, thanks, Tony. I agree, man. I think we're all moving a little too fast, and I'm going to check out that book, In Praise of Slow, because I'm interested in um, slowing down even more, or at least no, at least new concepts on slowing down. The first thing that jumps to my mind is how people read books too fast. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be a slow reader. I totally get it. And you want to surf slow too. The, the wave lasts longer when you're new anyway. Life is more pleasurable in general when you are moving a little slower. Like I don't get the value of speed reading because you're not going to – let's face it. Your retention is not going to be as high when you're like trying to get – you know, read with two eyeballs or whatever the strategy is. I don't know. <laughs> That's a novel idea. <laughs> I mean sorry. You know what I mean? You should like put a eyeball. Kindle out on that. One eyeball on one page, another eyeball on the other page, right? You've seen people do that thing? No, they chunk, <laughs> they chunk paragraphs. What, whatever. Their no, point is that I'm in agreement with you, Tony. All right. Yeah. Next next comment <laughs> is from Matt on Result. Yeah, guys, just found you and wow, this is the best spot on content. Well, for us marketing guys, the variations on the why are my biggest challenges because of the short-term goals to drive numbers for the month to pay my team. Thoughts. Uh, so it sounds like Matt's got a challenge with um, coming up with his why. 
his main thing is he's just always on the chase. He's hunting. I um, I think I actually responded on the site to Matt. Think about the Matt that you'll become when you can pay your team easily and gracefully without breaking a sweat and how I guess it almost ties in with what uh, Tony was saying that it's better just to, to you know you can take a slower approach to everything then you can carefully weigh up your opportunities so the why is that you'll get to a place with less drama and that you will um, easily be able to absorb the wages and if if you can't figure it out soon then change your business model because it sounds like it's putting you under too much pressure I agree I think you answered that perfectly. Next, we've got Chris on the burnout episode. And what he says is, the logo makes me want to drink beer. A craft beer, craft, a specific type of beer, not just beer in general, mind you, but a, a very particular type of beer. I have no idea what craft beer looks oh. like. I'm going to look it up. No, it's not a brand. It's, it's just, not? No, it's just sort of talking about, it's, it's talking about a style of beer. It's like a... A smaller. Our, our logo has has him desire a particular uh, segment of beer. He's saying that our logo looks like no, no. He thinks that it it looks like a, a beer label. That's oh, all. all right. But I just that's just basically craft beer is kind of like little known microbreweries and stuff. Oh, all that um, hipster stuff, right? See, I don't even know. I don't know yeah. about that stuff. You can't call me a hipster. I was lost. I had no idea what kind of beer. I call you a, a talking. You called me a hipster on stage. Everyone thought it was funny. You guys laughed at me. It was very. It was very no, I sad. Said you're, I said you're not a hipster. Yeah, okay, that's not what people heard. <laughs> You can check the recording. Um, all right. But craft beer just means it's like not a big mainstream okay. thing. This, he's saying like it looks kind of like a little bespoke brewery. Cool. So should we publish a beer at some point? Uh, well, uh, maybe. Why not? You put a little yeast in there. Next thing you know, you got beer. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. We will keep that in mind. Um, all right. <laughs> Amy, funny, on man. the goals episode, you're gonna James will read that out. Yeah. Hi, James and Ezra. There are so many great gems in this episode. Thank you for the quality work and lively conversation. Can't wait to see the FTH video. I would also like to say that I really, really enjoy seeing all of your pictures on Facebook, James. So please don't slow down because it's very motivational. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, thanks, Amy. Firstly, I, I know what that's in response to. Secondly, uh, in accordance with Own the Race Course, I'm not posting my best pictures directly to Facebook anymore. I'm posting them to my own website, jamesramco.com, and then I'll share them on Facebook. So you'll still see them, but I'm putting them on my site first because I'll be damned if I'm going to keep helping Facebook become the big publishing beast that it is with where I have zero control, zero ownership of my content, uh, and who knows what would happen. Maybe in five years it won't exist, but jamesramco.com still will. That's right. So if you want to be a part of James's picture diary, which I would recommend using Instagram for, right? Because it's just pictures. It's not anything else but pictures. You should check out yeah. Instagram. Well, I've basically made my own Instagram on jamesshramco.com and, and I can still syndicate it to, to Instagram. social media. So Jared on the results episode says, this is me after hearing I'm in the big ears club. Come on ears. Show the world what you can do. I think Jared posted a picture of his big ears on our blog. So to go over to the results episode, take a look at Jared's ears. Now, does Jared know that he got uh, on prime time at Traffic and Conversions on our slides? Did he make it to them? I don't even remember that. Um, yeah, I'm surprised you were even 
remember anything from that presentation. But the uh, yeah, Jared's big ears and nose. I remember pointing out that our listeners uh, send us all kinds of cool pictures, and that's right. It got a good right. laugh. Well, then you'll be you'll be uh, uh, you'll go down in history in those in those recordings, which will be seen by thousands of people. Let's face yeah. it. We had people telling us it was the best best. Uh, the speaker, the guy who was emceeing the whole uh, traffic and conversion summit, told us it was by far the best presentation he'd seen. So, well, the, the main thing that I was pleased with is that people said it's actionable. Everything we said was. Actionable. Oh, dude, I got gossip, bro. I got some gossip from this thing. Um, it's just yeah. you and me. Okay, first of all, yeah, just the two yeah. of us, right? Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> first of all. Why was everyone laughing at all? Okay, first of all, I was very disappointed in us as a crowd because we were all laughing at Mr. Wonderful, who was a total jerk, mind you, and he was a misogynist and he was really mean and like everyone was laughing anytime that there was like dude humor, so like fart or butt humor, and anytime someone said something mean, the whole crowd like got behind it and I thought that was I thought um, it's just his maybe character, isn't he were, like a World Wrestling Federation bad guy? I mean, he is definitely a WWE. Yes, he's a World Wrestling Federation bad guy, but I think he really is a bad guy. Like, I think I don't think you can fake that funk. Like, I think he really is not a nice dude. I liked his um, line about his kid. Like, he get, gets on the plane, he's up the front, and the kid's down the back. He says, "Dad, how come you're up the front and I'm down the back?" He says, "Son, it's because you don't have any money." Yeah, I think he's a jerk, man. <laughs> That's what well, I, I think. think. I think, I think it's there's like. A, that just addresses this very young generation's entitlement attitude. Well, if parents are rich, then I'm rich. And I actually went through that as a kid. I didn't face my responsibilities and take on my own duties because I thought that we were rich and I didn't have to, and I was wrong. Well, I just think that's a case of bad parenting, right, on his part. You know, you've got to sit down and have a conversation with your kid like they're an actual human but being a, and explain to them. It's a bit of a joke. That's all. Well, it's like, but the, he, all right. Well, we got to, we'll have to go deeper on this, Kevin. Kevin, yeah. what's well, his I've, name? Well, I've already uh, made, I've made uh, quite a lot of um, progress from his contribution already by putting out a blog post talking about, um, one of the tips that he shared, and it's been uh, well received. I've had a lot of comments. I got some fantastic replies to my subject line that I sent out via email, which was sold for thirty million dollars. And people like, dude, best headline ever. And uh, I talked about Mr. Wonderful Kevin O'Leary. And I'm going to put out an anti Kevin O'Leary blog. You post. should do it. You should do it. But I, I'm just saying that he mentioned that. Real customer service is a, something that he looks for when he's investing in a business. Right. That was the point right. I took from him. Yeah, I mean, he had some good stuff to say too. Let's face it, the guy's a genius. He's not like, he may be a jerk, but he's a really smart business guy. So Errol on the results <laughs> episode <laughs> says, great stuff. Thanks, guys. And uh, a big thanks for reading my comment. You guys are the real deal. Errol Nezar, first web design South Africa. Put in that plug well, there. <laughs> get that plug in there, baby. Get it in. Carol on the results episode. I guess this is you, not yeah, me. Yeah, great episode. I need to grow in the measure, track, analyze, results, and improve area. I'm so much more of a people person and always left the numbers part to my husband in the previous businesses, but no more. 2014 is the year for me to embrace statistics. Awesome content. Thanks for being willing to be transparent. And remember this one, Carol. 
Never believe a statistic that you haven't manipulated yourself. That's right. And also like, you know, hey, it's good to track all this stuff. But truth of the matter is you can also get lost in your stats, like only track stuff you actually care about. And they can lie. Remember our famous averages. That's right. God, the breasticles. Um, You have to go back to the previous episode to hear that one. So Brad on the results episode, thanks for reading my comments, guys. I think I'm a different Brad though. I'm from New York. I didn't get a skateboard recently, but I did get some snowshoes. All the best. Um, I'm so sorry, Brad. Imagine that we have more than one Brad listening to our show. You know, Brad is not a very uh, – actually, Brad Bradley, you know, that's an old – there are not a lot of new Bradleys as far as I can tell. I reckon that would be a big name. Yeah, lots of Brads It's a very manly name. Brad? It's probably probably more of an Aussie name. Uh, probably, yeah. But this guy's from New York. I don't know. So. Is there a Bradley in the Bible? I don't think so. I don't think Brad. Yeah, so that's probably why it's not so big in your neck of the woods. Right, right. But there's plenty of them over here. I mean, there could be Brad, a Bradley in the Bible. Cameron, I've only read Keith. a little bit of the Bible, so I don't know, man. No, but a lot of names are biblically driven. You know, James, for example. Yeah. It's a very, very popular name. Very, super common. <laughs> that's why we have to call me Shrammels. Shrammels, yeah. Shrammelam. Shram Diddley. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, well, who knows, man. I've got a lot. I've got some in store that, that no one has heard yet that will be coming out soon. Ooh, uh, man, but I do like Shrammels the best. Let's move into our um, Think About It section of the day. Are you keeping this quote, James? Yeah. Uh, I, I like this quote by St. Augustine. The world is a book and those who do not travel read only a page. God, that is so in line with my thoughts, Ezra. You, you, you're connecting with me. I'm getting better at this, baby. I'm getting better. I'll give you an example. I don't know how many times I've been to LAX, but I'm guessing it's a lot, maybe 50, potentially more. I know exactly how to navigate that airport. I know all the shops, you know, get out of the plane, walk through here, turn right, get back up, get back through customs, go to this shop, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and same with uh, the Philippines. I've been there 10 times. I know how to walk through that airport, get transport, go to the place. I even know the name of the, the bouncer at the hotel. I, I've, I've got... I have a bigger world than people who don't leave their hometown because it's expanded. Now, I've got these extra dimensions. And the best analogy I can come up with, I like the idea that it's a book there, but I think the better one is like it's PlayStation or Candy Crush or something where you move to the next level and your awareness of the the game expands. So in in any of those multi-level games, when you've accomplished something and you get to the next stage, now you get more experience, more uh yeah, more awareness and, and the world literally, uh, maybe it doesn't expand, maybe it shrinks as you uncover more of what's available and then you, you end up just having more depth. And, and like you said earlier on in this episode, a better appreciation for cultures and languages and foods and currencies and, and you, just, you just learn more about how fascinating this planet is. And this world, man, uh, in my personal life, <laughs> this, this over the course of 2013, I've had some really... Um, life-changing, mind-altering uh, experiences about... I thought you were uh, going to say mushrooms. <laughs> no, no, no. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't high. But um, like I've really... think my, my, my life has really changed from the perspective of like what's available in this world and what's real and what... Exi- I don't know. It's all kinds of stuff that... My point is that it's a very big world and there's a lot of stuff out there uh, beyond what you currently participate in. And, 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 oh, and by and, getting... Yeah, go ahead. Just to cut you off there, but when I was in the motor dealership, they had you believe that was the whole world. If you, you put a foot wrong, you'd be sacked. Your, your life is finished. There was like nothing outside of 
working in a motor dealership. Well, there's a lot of people who want to convince you that kind of, of that kind of stuff. Yes. That there's only one way, but and like such bullshit. Get it, it really it, is. It, it's there's it's so much better out there than what you might be led to believe if you're not in a great spot right now. It is it is way better, and I can't imagine going back. My quote is from the Buddha, and it's it is better. The, the, Buddha. Bu- the Buddha, right? The guy, <laughs> the only one. <laughs> now, uh, it, it is better to travel well than to arrive. God, is that ever the the uh, tagline of my life, man? It's not about the goal. Let go of the goal. Enjoy yourself now, right? And he's, you know, and he, and, and I reckon Buddha would travel pretty. I bet light, you he would, man. He's I bet like, he would. Okay, I got myself. A, I got a robe. But I think this is bigger than – I think this is like an analogy on how you can live your life, which is like it's better to travel well than to arrive. It's better to enjoy yourself and enjoy the process and um, and make sure that you're like having a good time throughout the process than it is to just get somewhere, get some goal or – you know what I mean? Like this is that whole balance thing. There's so many episodes that this this quote is relevant for. So better to travel well than to arrive by Buddha. You picked a good one, man. Yeah, I did well. And, and I, I like uh, – I've got a confession to make that I will be going through our show notes in advance in the future. Oh, I wondered if you were going to tell people about that. Yeah, I am. Actually, I made a video about it. Uh, it'll come out on Monday. I made it just for you. Oh, thanks, man. I hope I get mentioned in it. Every time I get mentioned on your blog, <laughs> I get lots of traffic. So feel free to mention don't me. Get, you, you don't get mentioned, but you don't oh, want to be mentioned. What? In this I don't one. get mentioned? That's right. Well, we'll do an e-commerce one. You know That's what right. we'll do? That's we'll... all right. I'm featured on the home page in a surfing picture, so I don't care. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, the vanity. I don't I love know. It. Okay. So, uh, so folks, bring us home. <laughs> all right. Episode 39, the travel. This is something you're going to get confronted by. Like you spend a lot of your life traveling from one place to another. Long-form travel. Long board travel, short form travel, it can be optimized to better suit your specific needs. Travel, what is it? How are you using it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we've been looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Think, Act, Get. Thank you so much, listener, for hanging out with us. We really appreciate you. We we enjoy our time together and we very much look forward to spending some more time with you next week. That's it. And remember, what you think about determines how you act, which results in what you get. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free. 